Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another week of the Rebuttal Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Mick Brennan. And as usual, John by Shane. How are you, mate? Very well, Michael. How are you going, buddy? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. And uh, Chris, you're here as well. I am, mate. Good to see you, mate. G'day, Shane. How you travelling, buddy? Yeah, good. Good, thanks, Chris. How are you? Good, mate. Good. All right, fellas. Uh, let's kick into it. Straight into it. Three questions. So I'll kick off with mine this week. So nice, easy one. Who wins the Formula One drivers champ from here? Pick one. Tough. Oh, look, I've been looking at this, and if you look at the remaining races, you got Turkey. I reckon that's a race that'll favour Mercedes. So if you if you go Lewis, boom. United States, um, I think that's a that's a Mercedes race. Boom. From there, it gets a little bit more interesting. I think Mexico, Brazil, could go either way. Um, and then we got. You know, a couple of new new circuits, Qatar and Saudi Arabia. Who knows? So I think in the next couple of races, we'll figure it out. So if I had to pick one from now, which is what you're asking, mm-hmm. um, uh, Lewis. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Lewis as well. Slightly different reasons. I think that, uh, you know, he's won a couple. Uh, he'll hold his nerve. I think if Max gets in the mix, he might... Um, you might make a couple of little mistakes, especially if they're racing wheel to wheel. So I'm going to stick with Lewis. He's, he's won a couple. Okay. Seven to, <laughs> oh, <no>. seven <laughs> to <laughs> couple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Fair point. A few. He's won, more he's than won a, couple, he's won a few. <laughs> I like you, mate. Just, just... The, logic, the logic's still sound, right? Still, uh, very sound, mate. Very sound. <laughs> I was talking about drives of the day, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's only ever won two drives of the day. Um, oh, mate, just a couple. <laughs> uh, all right. I told you it was a nice, easy one to kick us off tonight, fellas. Uh, so, okay. you know. I've got an easy one as well. Um, so, with the COVID pandemic, you know, really, um, you know, throughout the world, but also, you know, quite uh, prominent in Australia, um, did the Ashes go ahead? Uh, Australia v England. Does it go ahead in Australia this summer? Yes or no? And if the answer is no, should they consider a neutral country to ensure that they proceed? I think they don't, mate. I think that in the end, um, so I think there was a crisis meeting overnight and there was talk that they are going to happen and there was a commitment there from Joe Root. Um, I think Joss Butler's probably the only senior player who's talking about not being able to come. Or not not wanting to come, um, but I I don't think that's over. I don't think they will, and I think that um, yes, they should consider a neutral venue. The, the question is where, obviously, is um, and and um, there's probably there's probably not too many places with prepared cricket pitches and um, with the venues suitable to um, to host. So uh, it might. It might be sort of a, a tricky situation for them um, to find that sort of place. Um, yeah, so you know, maybe maybe New Zealand is um, better placed at the moment, or something like that. But yeah, it's interesting. But I, I, I actually don't think they will. I, th- I think that, I think it does go ahead. I think it will go ahead. I think that uh, there might be some modification in venues. Uh, so I don't think that the, the Perth test match will go ahead. Um, but I do think that the Ashes will go ahead in some 
form, whether it's just Melbourne and Sydney and and maybe Tassie or something, uh, and they just rotate a couple through there. But I think it does go ahead in some in some fashion. So I I think it goes ahead, and I think you know that what they need to do is they need to make Perth the first venue. So come in two weeks, um, you know, in isolation, but you can still train in those two weeks leading up to the test. So if they did that um, and get it over and done with, and then they can, like from there, they can come straight to South Australia. So you could have your second test here. And then from there, if they went up to Brisbane, third test, like you, you know, you sort of follow it. And then what happens in Sydney and Melbourne? No idea. Well, I think by then that they'll have the, they've 80% vaccination rates, mate, and they'll be open. So to, to each other at the very least, um, I, I don't think they'll be open to Perth um, or, or maybe even Adelaide. I'm not sure. Um, mm. Queensland's another iffy one. Um, but yeah, I think that by then they'll be open to each other. So I, I, I think you're right with the sequencing though, Shane, if you were going to do it and you wanted to play all five around the place, you'd have to go Perth first. Yep, get it over and done with. Um, yep, get that done with, then move into Adelaide. And then you're probably right. Then it's probably Brisbane, Boxing Day, New Year's. Um, and as as Nick sort of pointed out there, um, with the vaccination rates and things like that, they're probably open anyway. So it's probably not that big a deal later on. But yeah, um, well, I, I, I certainly hope it does go ahead. But I think there's still more to play out there. All right, Chris, your question, mate. All right, so sort of not, not directly linked to those things, but where we are right now, and I know that we're close to vaccination um, targets and all that sort of stuff, what is the point in limiting capacity at sporting events? Surely with what we know now, it's 0% or it's 100%. I'm talking specifically about the NRL Grand Final where you know there's a, a mini outbreak in Brisbane and they say they limited the capacity to 75%. There's people sitting on top of each other. They're all going to the same toilets. They're all using the same bars. Um, surely that's got nothing to do with social distancing and per, people per square metre. Uh, I, I just don't understand it. What is the point? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, you know, you saw the, um, the vision of the NRL. Um, yeah, that, you know, masks were... They, they weren't mandatory by any stretch. They're, they're, you know, they're all catching, supposed to be. They're all, they're all catching the same transport to and from, you know, public transport after a couple of frothies. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's just a risk limitation process. But look, if, you know, yeah, I can't explain it. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's I, I think it's a fake thing then, right? Oh, I agree so if with you. If there's an outbreak oh, yeah. out of the NRL grand final, then people yeah. can't blame the, the government because oh, we limited you to seventy five percent. We were doing our best. That is yeah. bullshit. That is just <laughs> rubbish. Yeah, it is. Oh, they were they were just acting uh, on the um, yeah, on the given the health, advice, on the health yeah, advice. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Given, you know. So, I, just on that, right? I know this has got nothing to do with sport. Uh, so I was watching a press conference yesterday uh, with Mark McGowan and the, the vaccine commander from over here, who's the head cop, basically. Um, and they were talking about the uh, vaccine for schoolies and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And he said that he had requested that the chief health officer look at giving advice for schoolies week about vaccines. So surely... 
there's either health advice or there isn't. You can't go and request health advice specifically. Like, so anyway, it doesn't matter. But like, no, you're right. And, and I did, I did hear that they're all going to have to have, they're going to have the evidence, evidence of one jab before they can go to schoolies in Dunsborough. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. So the 140,000 FIFO workers have got until the end of January. <laughs> but, but you kids, and fair enough, we all know what the kids are going to get up to as well. So there'll be no social distancing there. Oh, yeah, yeah. There'll be none of that. My daughter's going. Um, so. <laughs> But uh, no, she she was and she was here just before. I was talking to her just before about it, and she basically said to me, "Why is it only one? It should be both jabs. There's no reason that she goes schoolies isn't for well leavers or whatever you want to call it isn't for another like the end of November. Basically, she said everyone should be able to go and get it, get double dose before then. And if you can't, then you haven't tried hard enough. Basically, is what she said. So, <laughs> so fair enough. I was like, fair enough. So, so yeah, luckily she's not running the show. So, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, let's uh let's move on to some sport. So, <laughs> uh, let's talk to AFL. Uh, just looking just before we came on, it's a breaking story. Apparently, Mark Corder is going to step down tomorrow. The president of the Collingwood Football Club. Really well, they've been pretty unstable, haven't they? Um, I guess um, since Eddie left. Um, which was earlier this year. And, and I, I think, you know, the instability probably forced Bucks's hand um, to definitely play part in that anyway, in his decision to leave. Um, so, yeah, look, I think, um, you know, Graham Wright seems to be doing a good job there as football manager. Um, you know, they've got a good coach and coaching panel there now. So I think it's the right time. I think if they can get another president in to, um, you know, to stabilise the board, then they've probably got good foundation for, some success, so don't particularly want to see it, but um, yeah, it seems what they're logical. having success, yeah, no, <laughs> but uh, it does seem the logical thing. So, so if he does fall on his sword, good on him, good on him, yeah, yeah, and tend, tend to agree it was about timing. It was just you know, can't you can't all happen at the same time, and one of them had to see out the year, and now that that's happened, and the timing's right, I think, yeah. All right, so uh, trade week as well, boys, is kicking on. Are we done with oh. it yet? Mate, it's just it's a bit of farce, isn't it? You know, um, yeah, I mean, why this can't be knocked over? You know, Monday to Friday, bang, done. It just drags out way too long. You know, three or four days, I think, would be sufficient. And I know we're talking about people's futures and livelihoods and, you know, moving from one side of the country to the other, but it just seems to drag out, Um yeah, so look, you know, what are, what's it at Wednesday? So with the third day in, but we had the free agency stuff last week and there's been nothing happen uh, except the, the swapping of draft picks and a couple of uh, delisted players picked up. So it's, yeah, look, last yeah, like, 48 and, and hours I, is when I, it happens. I don't, want it, I don't want it to be, um, I don't want it just to be the revolt of the players where um, players nominate and clubs just have to make it happen. But, I mean, it. Um, and I'm sure we'll probably get into it a little bit more uh, throughout the rest of the uh, conversation. But um, yeah, it's you tune into trade radio, and it's a uh, it's a whole lot of hypothetical stuff, and it's a oh. whole lot of it's a whole lot of rubbish. And you've got I've, I've stopped people. tuning in, mate. I just can't, oh, I cannot do it. Oh, so. You know, you've got so, people throwing things out there. Let's let's trade Crips now so that we can pay for Walsh later. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard that one. 
I've heard that one. I've ignored that one, shall I say? But yeah, well, look, Great when, bat. You, well when, done. when you get when you get uh, when you get two blokes on AFL Trade Radio uh, hypothetically talking about which player from their club in the '80s would they like to draft into the club now? You know. Oh, Oh, fair income. Is that, is that what it just shows you how at? bored they are? Is that where we're at? Or and if I hear about another potential draftee described as a future captain, or oh yeah, he's a good, good uh, private school, you know, boy from such a bloody college, I don't really care. Like uh, potential captain material. Oh, give me a break. Yep. Um, for the record, Gary Ablett, senior. Um, so. <laughs> from the 80s you'd like to trade in. Is that because you you want to continue to not win flags? Oh, Oh, gee. That's fine. I believe these are yours. That's just just confirmation for everyone that listens that there is beef between you two. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Uh, so my thing with the trade thing, right? We go back to it just for a second. So is either either like as you were saying, Jane, have it like for a couple of days, maybe a maybe a week um, at the most, or have it like the trade window open all the time, but then like you close it for the last you know eight nine weeks of the season, sort of like what they do in the NBA. Um, so where well, you can get traded at any time, but the, the rosters are set at, you know, round 14 for, for for an example, right? And, you know, and I think that that, I think they either do one or the other. So that it's, so that there's not, you know, trade radio 24-7 for, you know, like what seems like six weeks. And, uh, and we just get on with it or it can just be one of those ever-evolving things that's always there. Yeah. No, I, so I don't know if there's the, the players get, would they get paid enough to be out, you know, to not have at least some certainty, you know, you wake up one morning and go, oh, yeah, we're, you know, halfway through the season, you're not at the Eagles anymore. You've been traded out to, you know, Collingwood or something like that. See ya. I mean, some of them are only on minimum, on the minimum player payments, which is not, you know, in today's, some, like some of them get paid very well, but some of them don't get paid that well at all. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. So I'm just not really, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But I, um, there's something I want to talk about away from the, the I guess, the trade, the trade um, week or weeks is um, so during the final series, the best player of the finals is awarded the Gary Ayers medal. So former Hawthorne champion. And this year it went to Jackson McRae. So I guess the benefit that he had was that they they played every week of the finals, um, the doggies, so they didn't get the the they week the off. off. Yep. So should they change the way that that is assessed, and should it be like so he, you know, he had a good final series, but did he have a better final series than Christian Petrarca? I mean, I'd suggest he hasn't. But Christian Petrarca's only played the three games, while I think. Jackson McRae had what did he play an extra an extra game? So when you look at the total of their um, of their possessions and impacts, he's probably had had more, but he's had more opportunities. So I'd like to see that more of an average, and that's the way it's always been too. So 
I think they need to change that. So how, how has it worked out now? I don't. I actually don't know how it's awarded now. Obviously, well, they just look at who who was the best player over the whole final series. Who, who so, does those? Yeah. Is it like a panel or? Uh, I don't actually know if it is a panel. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Or just Gary himself. Oh, it might be. It might be Gary himself, and he might award it. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. This is a little off track. Michael, T- so the best on ground in the uh, pre-season grand final used to be the Michael Tuck medal. Yep. So Michael Tuck gets up to award it. The one of the year Carlton won. <laughs> do you remember this? I, I vaguely do. Yeah. Michael Tuck to award his own medal and gets up and and announces on the podium in front of the crowd, um, "I award the um, Norm Smith medal to Brennan Favola. Like <laughs> it's his, it's, it's his own medal, and he got the name wrong. <laughs> Pretty funny. Pretty funny. He, he is pretty old. He was pretty old at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So He's still playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably was. Yeah, probably was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. Let's move on to our over and underrated. So I think it's back this week. I think we did something different last week, didn't we? Yeah. What grinds my grinding? Gears. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my overrated is preseason NBA games. And you could probably just about go with preseason games in general in any sport. Everyone, like, I get it, you know, everyone gets excited because it's coming back, but, like, just keep the powder dry, fellas. (laughs) So, it's just, yeah, oh, there's just a lot, there's a lot going on. So, so, yeah. Anyway, that's my overrated. How about you, Heidi? So, my overrated is to do with the AFL trade period, and it's the currency. It's asking more for the players than what they are worth. Now, I understand I understand that people look at it as being a seller's market, um, and so they think, well, just hold out, because if somebody wants someone, they're going to pay the price, and that's the end of that. That's, it's a dangerous game when you're talking about people's livelihoods, um, their desire to be there for you, and ending up with nothing. So because... Somebody will end up getting that person for free if you don't accommodate those trades at the time. So I get, and this probably plays back into Shane's point of trade week being too long. They've got too much time to try and posture and, and to take these things out. I think that, um, I think let's, let's play it straight. Let's get the deals done. Let's get them over with and stop, stop charging overs for a player that you've got no intent on playing. You haven't been playing and you're, not gonna, and you're still not going to play. Yep. So it's it's like the old, uh, you know, it's like the old gum tree though, isn't it, mate? You know, you're going to whack that up there for, for a grand and you only really want 500 bucks for it, right? But just on the off chance that someone's going to pay the grand, right? <laughs> I get that. But when somebody comes in and goes, that's worth 500 bucks, mate, you go, yeah, fair cop, here's your 500 and walk away. <laughs> like, you don't go, nah, mate, she's a grand all day, every day. I've got three other blokes coming around to have a look at her. No, no. Yeah, you no. do. And then you might get seven fifty for it, right? So- <laughs> just, just take your five hundred and move on. <laughs> and I know who you're referring to, right? <laughs> I didn't I didn't say any names, Mick, at all. <laughs> so, but I, I mate, I agree with you, he's not worth big eight. So <laughs> I, I I think we should keep him in playing, but for some reason we're not playing him and now he wants to come home. So anyway. So Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> So I guess my overrated is on a very similar line to Heidi, and that's just um, 
I guess the over-evaluation or the overvaluation it should be of draft picks, you know, when people look at them and, and like they're, oh, you know, he's worth a number one, number one draft pick. But it doesn't matter. Even top 10 draft picks, you're not guaranteed to get a, a good player. So, you know, I, I, I look at that one, um, like if you look at across the board, there's been a number of top 10 draft picks that have been no good. Jeez, oh, I know this firsthand because, you know, we have wasted a number of top 10 draft picks on players that just basically had no no impact and very limited AFL career. So I think, you know, what, what you get, if you've got a good player, um, you need, you just need to try and keep them because yeah, I guess investing in draft picks can, can really lead you, lead you nowhere. So, and there's a lot of due due diligence that goes into the picks these days, but um, yeah, it is, it does come with a risk. So what you're saying is Jordy Clark is worth pick eight. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying he got picked with <laughs> picked with what pick 15, 15 or 16 15, or 15 ago. Yeah. And, and, and how many games has he played this year? Oh, he didn't play many this year. Maybe one or two, I think. So um, is he worth really worth that pick? That oh no way, not even close. No, nah, so. but even if you got that pick, you probably really wouldn't um wouldn't get a play. You may not get a player as good. So yeah. it's. Oh, I completely agree, mate. And that's that's the whole this is the whole Ben Simmons thing, right? At the moment, so you know that everyone's offering up draft pick after draft pick, and we're like, well, we don't want draft picks. We want a player, a proven player, like that's right to, to replace him, right? Because draft picks are, you know, even at, even at the NBA with the money they spend on scouting and and same as the AFL, right? They don't quite spend the you know the same amount of like hard coin, but proportionally, it's probably about the same. Yep. And uh, you know, it's still not an exact science. Like you're still you know, it's still you're still drafting a Greg Oden every now and then. So, so look, you know, there's um, there's definitely those super drafts that you have. Like if you look back to 2001, I think uh, Luke Hodge went one, Luke Ball went two, Chris Jubb went three, and you look in the top ten there, there was just some absolute jets, you know. And there was one a few years ago um, around Sam Walsh, and if you look at the players that come through that that draft, you know, the King Twins, and um, I think Isaac Rankin and um, kind of rosy and all like it, it'll end up being a really successful draft. But then you look at some of the others and some of the players went in the top 10, really. You, yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know them. So Who? yeah. yeah. Lockie <laughs> Jack Watts. <laughs> Lockie O'Brien from Carlton. Lockie O'Brien from Carlton went pick 10 like four years ago. And he's probably going to be out and he's out and he's well out in the street um, in about a week's time. So yeah, it, no guarantees investing in draft picks. Uh, that's all right. All right. So my uh, my underrated, we are just talking about this a little bit before, is getting a COVID jab. So there's been a couple of guys in the NBL over here that have uh, basically got out of their contracts because they won't get a COVID jab. And the NBL has basically... So the, I talked about it the other week. So the NBL hasn't mandated it, but they have said that it'll depend on the states and territories and all that sort of crap. But essentially, it'll be mandated um, for them to play. The NBA has done the same thing, very similar approach, saying that we're not going to mandate it, but there's places like New York where to to play or train or anything like that, you have to have a COVID vaccine. And there's players that are, you know, as you know, popular as Kyrie Irving refusing to get the vaccine 
for whatever reasons, personal reason, everything like that. But he is essentially now not allowed to train with his team, not allowed to play in New York, and he plays in Brooklyn. Um, so, which is, you know, kind of New York. So, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so essentially he's out of their roster for 41 games of the year that's about to come up. Plus, he's not allowed to train with them when they're at home. So, you know, he's a guy that's getting paid an absolute mozza, 30-odd million a season. And he's just going to basically walk away from it because he's not allowed to do what he's paid to do. So, um, get your COVID jab and get your 30 mil. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's why underrated. Fair enough. Yeah, look, oh. my, my underrated is uh, rugby league. Um, commentator or special comments, um, Peter Sterling, who retired um, last weekend. So growing up as a kid um, in New South Wales, I can remember watching the league. And so, yeah, I mean, still, I was one of the, one of those, I guess, best, better halfbacks that run around for Parramatta at that time. And I can remember, um, you know, watching him and he had the long blonde locks and um, just scooting from, from dummy half. And he was great to watch. And then, yeah, you know, I guess late in the 80s and early in the 90s when he started his his commentating career, he's just been, like, so professional. And when the footy show started uh, in rugby league in New South Wales, it was him and Fatty. So he's been, just been a legend for, you know, a number of decades. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of commentators that seem to get get the um, the kudos. Um, but I reckon he's, he's sort of gone, um, you know, maybe a little bit, he hasn't really really received the plaudits that he that he that he deserves, and I'd just like to say, um, yeah, career well done to Sterlo and all the best. He's better than that ass at Gould. <laughs> well, yeah, yes. yeah, that's that's just stupid, Michael. That is stupid. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about, Heidi? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you probably didn't hear it. But you, I don't know if you watched, you watched it the GF. Grand final, Michael, but uh, I was actually had uh, other plans and uh, oh, that I was, ended up missing it. Uh, there was a rule. He couldn't, he was like a dog with a bone, mate. He called it stupid about 15 times in about oh. a minute and a half. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway. Nice. Correct. <laughs> Correct. All right, Heidi, you're underrated. All right, mate. I'm I'm uh I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, we all tip different teams in the NFC West, and none of us picked the cards. <laughs> And we knew that would happen as we picked it. It would right probably be the Cardinals. And here we are. They're the only 4-0 team in the NFL that scored 30-plus points in each of their and 400-plus and yards in each of their games this year. What they are doing in that, in that competition is severely underrated. And no, nobody, nobody rated Kyler Murray, and here he is. They're about to be 4-1, and one, though, just so you know. No, nah, 5 and zip. They'll get over the 49ers. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, severely underrated. Arguably the toughest, uh, the toughest division in the um, in the competition, and they're doing it with a leg in the air. So just as a, as a, as a, you just said, Shane, they'll be five and five and zero. Oh. Uh, so the Niners are zero and two at home and two and zero oh on the road, and we're playing in Phoenix. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's as that's as that's as good as money for Jan. That could I'm changing my bet of the week. No, I'm not really. <laughs> so, all right. So we uh we just sort of mentioned the NRL grand final there. Uh so look the uh the Panthers got up in a in a relatively close game. I said it was gonna be close. 
And uh, that was my bet of the week, which Tick got up. Well done. And uh, so, yeah. So, um, yeah. I, and as I said before, I didn't actually see any of the game, guys. So, I'll uh, hand over to you, Blake, so you, know, you can talk about it. Well, so congratulations to Shane. He, he called it. He called it all year. Uh, he was he was on the Panthers, and he was and he was uh, true to him through till the end. Um, there's probably there's probably two things that would have not, that. So not being a Rabbitohs fan, but like liking rugby league and watching that, there's two things that really um, stood out to me. The first one was the um, intercept try. And Cody Walker just trying too hard and pushing that pass. Um, if he if he plays eyes up footy and he gives that ball to Dane Gagai, we're potentially talking about a completely different game. But he but he didn't, and the rest is history. Um, the um, the second one is about Peter Sterling, who actually called Cody Walker um, was trying too hard about three or four minutes before that happened. So in the set before that, Cody Walker's tried to put through a grubber kick on the third of the fourth tackle. Um, it didn't go anywhere um, and uh, got diffused really easily. And um, Thurlow was just sort of mentioning about playmakers um, feeling the weight and trying to carry too much and do too much themselves. And, um, and there was the result. I think... Every time the rabbits passed more than one off the ruck um, down that left edge, they they worried the Panthers. Um, they didn't do it enough. They just didn't go there enough. And and you feel for Adam Reynolds. He's, he's missed that conversion or level it up. Um, it was a you know they had to take the long range field goal for that reason, which never which never it was never up, so it was never in. Um, but the Panthers, yep, two good on the day. Third premiership for the club. Um, one for the Clearies and uh, St Mary's and Mount Druitt are going off. Yes, big uh, fun times there this week. Um, yeah, look, it was, you know, we heard during the prelim against the Storm how that was just, uh, you know, the game of the year. Well, you know, this was a much better game. Um, it was, you know, it was great pressure. Um, Less errors. Yeah, much, yeah much uh, less errors. And I think um, it was just a great, great game of rugby league. Um, they definitely had their chances, um, I think. But again, the, the, the defense of Penrith stood up. And I think in the end, you know, that just put a lot of pressure on, on teams. Uh, we saw both teams made, you know, the storm the week previous and, and, and uh, the rabbits make, errors at, at um, you know, critical times. And I think, you know, a lot of that's to do with just the pressure that the, the uh, Penrith defence put on them. Yeah, and that, 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 you know, that's fair. It was that, it was that um, even, even when they weren't um, knocking teams around the park and bashing them, um, there was that perceived pressure. Um, there was, you know, there, there was a couple of sets there um, where Souths were three and four tackles down, still in their own 30. Um, and likewise for Penrith, but Penrith, you know, Penrith just seemed to remain calmer in those situations and come out the other side of it a bit better. Yeah, yeah. But you're right, that, that, was, um, that was a fitting grand final, um, deserved winners, and uh, it, it's the sort of game that would bring you back. 
if you weren't that big a fan. Yep. Yes, and other news, uh, I guess today, Benjamin Marshall has announced his retirement. And, um, yeah, no, unfortunately, didn't go out a winner for him. But I just I just think back to that uh, grand final um, for West Tigers back in, like, 2005 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, five, I think, yep. And uh, just his wizardry that day was unbelievable. And, yeah, when he was on, he was, yeah, one of the, you know, one of the greats. You you wanted the ball in his hands because he he could pretty much do anything. Yeah, had had it on a string, um, and oh, you know there was there was a bit of talk that he might go around one more year, and there's probably some clubs that could um, that could use him to to bring on some of their youth or to cover for um, some injuries and things like that. But uh, if he feels the time is right, thirty, I think he's thirty six years old. Um, you know that's you know it's not not Cameron Smith old, but it's it's old when you get knocked around week in, week out and you're trying to recover. But he, he'll be snapped up by a club to be a, an assistant coach or a mentor or something like that to, or a halves coach um, around the place. So all the very best to him. Right, good stuff. All right. Uh, so a bit of F1, guys. I think the, the Turkey Grand Prix on this weekend. And uh, as Shane alluded to before, probably a bit of a Mercedes track. So here's to a Lewis win. And a yeah, so they had, a, they, they had a break uh, for quite a few years up until last year. And we remember last year was yeah, very uh, interesting. Uh, the surface was really slippery. Um, that had only been laid quite recently. And I think there was a lot of resin coming out of the surface. So the cars really struggled with grip. And then it was wet. Um, through quality and, and, and on race day. And yeah, as we know, Lewis is, is pretty amazing at uh, managing his tyres and he did it to perfection and he was just too good. So, and that was, I think, won him the, the championship or I think it was won him the championship last year and yeah. similar weather forecast for this weekend. So I can really see him, um, yeah, it being the same, the same outcome. And uh, I don't know if you've seen it. They've actually only just announced it, but uh, like about an hour ago, uh, Red Bull are going to run a, a one-off livery for this race. And uh, you'll be happy to know, Shane, that it's white, majority oh, yeah, white. Yeah, I know. I saw <laughs> that as a tribute to Honda. Yeah. It's majority white. Oh, seriously? Like, just If you don't know, Chris, I just hate liveries, car liveries that are white. It's like boring. Like this, why they all make them white? I just find it really boring. Like, yeah, I just like come on, let's. So if we needed any more reason to hate Red Bull, there it is. So <laughs> yeah, I was actually oh yeah. Like, so I knew, I knew you hated white. I was just going looking for it to see uh, just how bad it was. But oh, they haven't got the full car. They've only shown the uh, the nose cone off basically, which is white with a tinge of red couple of red uh, pinstripes and stuff on it. So, mm. oh, so the Staffan and Perez will look like they're going around in the Haas. <laughs> well, hopefully this weekend <laughs> it's about as quick as a Haas. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we'll have it. We'll have it. We'll, have um, well before. Oh, sorry, yeah, mate. I was say, before we move on. Yeah. Um, Oscar Piastri. So uh, I just wanted to mention leading the Formula Two World Championship. So, um, yeah, hopefully he goes, I don't know where they're at in how many more races there is to go, but looking pretty solid. He won Formula 3 last year. So, um, yeah, hopefully he can 
continue on his winning ways. I know he had a, a really solid race back in uh, Russia. So hopefully he can, yeah, continue on. And uh, if he continues on that projection, he win Formula One next year. Is that where we go? Uh, <laughs> well, are there any spare seats still? I don't think there is, actually. Oh, um, uh, Alfa Romeo, I think, may have a spot. Yeah. So I don't think they've announced whether Antonio Gi- Giovinazzi, Giovinazzi is going to yeah, be that's right. there. Yeah. So, yes, we'll wait and see, I guess. Um, and I, I know I got asked, we don't mention MotoGP here. So, um, you know, especially with Jack Miller, who's currently fourth um, in the championship or the MotoGP world standings uh, for Ducati. So, um, yeah, I know there's another race coming up there. So, we'll uh, next week I'll have a bit of a focus on the MotoGP. Did anyone a pop- uh, popular request? Did anyone did anyone see? Uh, did anyone see what Jack did after the race? I did not. Uh, so, um, just have a just have a little bit of a look. He uh, he got a little bit aggro with someone who. Um, who gave him a bump and he lost the position too and they, they penalised the other rider uh, to give him the position back. But Jack let him know that he wasn't too pleased with him. Oh, was that Mia? Was it? Yeah. Was it, yeah, yeah, I thought so. I did. I saw something about that, but yeah, I haven't actually seen the footage. So. Just a little slap around the helmet and that's not talking anything blue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, just, to, just to remind him that he needs to uh, be careful of the others around him. Yep. Very good. All right, the EPL, the bees just keep marching on. But the bees, <laughs> mate, the bees. Look out. Oh, mate, I've been online this week. I've been looking for a bees. Um, bees shirt, I think. That might be the way to go. Um, I'm not <laughs> too keen on the, the colours. Well, I did notice their away one, their away shirt. It's bright yellow, and I'm like, that'll do. I'm not wearing red and black. <laughs> There's no way. But the yellow one, that can work. So... Mate, I cannot believe the bees. So for those who might be first-time listeners, I do have a bit of a, uh, oh, I don't know, what would you call it? Fetish? I don't know. With the Brentford bees. <laughs> Brentford bees. I'm uh, an interest. Unhealthy sure. obsession I would have gone with. <laughs> Let's go an unhealthy obsession. That's probably more accurate. Um, who were uh, elevated from the uh, championship last year. And I've been talking them up. And uh, they beat West Ham United 2-1 on the weekend and uh they're currently sitting in seventh seventh, seventh mate seventh mate uh, a couple of more spots they win another game mate they're, they're playing europe football next year so <laughs> look i have i've started to get a little bit carried away i've started to look well who have they got in the next five matches so <laughs> they've, they've got oh, chelsea no. next up so that might be a test uh but then after that they've got they've got uh leicester Leicester's in 13th, right? Brentford are in 7th. So that's a tick. They'll win that. Um, and then after that, they've got Burnley, Newcastle and Norwich, who are the bottom three teams. So they can win four of the next five. Um, if they do that, mate, all of a sudden... Um, all aboard! Mate, I'm kicking everyone off, mate. No one... <laughs> the, the, cha- the chances of a jersey firm up even further? There'll be a bit of, bit of that, yes. Um... But there were some other big results on the weekend. So good to see Spurs um, get back into form with a 2-1 win over uh, Villa. Harry Kane, Bubkus, just dancing around again. <laughs> Not doing much. Should have tried. Um, 
But the, but the big one was the uh, the top two teams at, at that point, I think, Liverpool and Man City. So top of the table clash, two all draw, and it was an absolute belter. It, it, it absolutely was. I, uh, I sat up and watched it till the wee hours. And uh, I might just say, though, Liverpool were ordinary in the first half. Like, so it was nil all at half time, but Liverpool had been very ordinary. And I was, you know, it was, it was getting late. And I was like, if they come out and play like this in the second half, I'm actually just going to go to bed because it, like, regardless of what the score is, it just wasn't good to watch. And then uh, they came out like a different team after half time. Uh, Mo had the ball on a string after half time and scored one of the absolute belters you will ever see made three man city defenders look very, very ordinary uh, when obviously they're not and, uh, and just smashed it past the keeper. It was brilliant to watch. Um, but two all was probably a, uh, a fitting result in the end because uh, city were city were good as well. So um, yeah, it was, it was a good game to watch after, especially after halftime. So I think what I'm really enjoying about the league this year is just the closeness of the evenness of the competition. So, you know, we're seven games in, you know, normally at this point, you've got a team that's, you know, six and one or seven zip, but we haven't. So Chelsea's five and five and uh, five wins from the seven. And then, then you've got uh, five teams having four wins from their seven, actually six teams uh, with Tottenham. Yeah. Tottenham. Yeah. Yeah. Tottenham as well. So, um, yeah, it's just so even. I think it's 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 great that we haven't got a tear away leader at this point. Um, yeah, so especially uh, given the last two seasons where like Liverpool yeah. cleared out and then City cleared out last City year, cleared out, and totally then um, so yeah, so I think it's it's good for it to be close and you know obviously you know teams are going to start dropping a point here and there, like you know the. The draw against City on the weekend didn't help us. If we had a one, we would have stayed top of the table. But um, so it's it's good that it's nice and even. So yeah, I agree with you, Shane. And uh, Everton, mate, they um they've obviously copped listened to your spray, and they uh, held out for a one-all draw with Manu. <laughs> yeah, I did see that actually. I was like, you bastards. <laughs> oh, I'm waiting for Harry Kane to score three next week or something. Anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, fellas, let's uh, move on from the EPL. Uh, Chris, the, the Wobblies had a good win. They, not as good as it could have been, but... Not as good as it could have been, mate. They uh, they played some pretty good rugby. Um, Quaid's boot was off, and uh, I think that cost them some territory. Uh, certainly cost them some points. Um, so they, they probably lost that uh, that tactical kicking edge um, a little bit and, and just sort of failed to put the foot on the throat. Um, of the Argies. They've still got the job done. Um, they've got a game against Japan coming up before they go on the spring tour. Um, games against teams that are sitting four, six, and seven in the uh, world rankings. So, you know, there or thereabouts in terms of teams that the, the Wallabies um, should do well against or should, you know, should be competitive against. So, some stuff to watch there. I think that. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're trending in the right direction. They've, um, they know there's still a lot of hard work to do. Well, they're, they're, they're saying the right things anyway. They, they say they know there's a lot of hard work still to do. Um, they've probably stopped reading their own news articles. So, 
you know, he, he's hoping that um, they can have a decent spring tour and, and, and launch into um, the next phase with, uh, with Dave Rennie. But it's been, a, it's been a long time since they've won um, four on the trot. So got to acknowledge that. Yeah, and look, it might seem quite obvious, you know, they're winning games. But for me, they just seem to be scoring more tries. Like, and yeah, I, oh, what? You score tries, you win. Who would have thought about that? But I know it sounds quite obvious, you know. By Get Paul the cape out, Compton, obvious. Like, Get yeah, obvious. I know, but like for, for many years, we have tried to just grind out games. and um, But now we're definitely playing, um, I guess, a more free style of rugby. And that's the big thing I've noticed is we're just scoring more tries. So, yeah, no, you're right, mate. And it's um, it's 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 not that hard a game when you do the when you do the simple things right. So, um, those opportunities are always there when you, you know, like when you have a solid kicking game and you are getting that territory and you've got solid set piece, um, and you've got game, you know, line breaking backs, um, who can draw two defenders in and create that opportunity. Um, Samu Karevi, uh, Len Ikitao, Marika Korobedi, Andrew Kellaway, like those guys move, move banks out from fullback, put anyone else in there, and we seem to be creating more opportunities as well. So, um, no, it's been good. It, it, it's, you're right, there, there has been more tries and there has been um, more belief in their ability to score them as well. So, um, probably, probably not the best game on the weekend. South Africa beating the All Blacks to... Um, deny them the clean sweep, but go back to uh, the world number one. Um, that was a good game of rugby. Um, plenty of points. I think the, I think the lead changed four times in the last ten minutes. Um, so good, you know. Um, that was a good solid game. South Africa moved away from that um, boring bow constrictor type rugby that they've been playing, um, and and took the game on. So um, that's that's a game worth catching up on if you haven't seen it but yeah um it's good to see some good rugby being played in the rugby championship and uh it's good to see the three um southern hemisphere teams at the top of the world rankings that's right yeah it is got to do it's got to do with how many games they've played and everything but i'll take it (laughs) (laughs) all right so we we've we've talked a little bit about the nfl and how the niners will win this week but the big story in the NFL this week was the GOAT going back to New England and and rolling them. Um, so, and uh, it was it was a good game, though. It was a good game. It, it was a cracking game, mate. And, um, you know, like if, if you were uh, a bit of a romantic when it comes to sports, you'd almost call that the uh, ceremonial uh, handing over of the torch uh, from New England's past, New England's future, because Mac Jones, at, you know, four games into his first season, I get it, but uh, he he played his best game by far. He's um, thrown, I think he's thrown more touchdowns um, in his first four games than Cam Newton did entire last season. Um, so, you know, like it, it, it makes a difference. The Patriots are not a rushing team um, and Bill's not a rushing coach. Um, they like they like to give the ball some air, and um, for a little while there, uh, I, I, I believe they were going to do it. I thought in that in that um, final stand through the game that they were making their way downfield, and um, they had their chance. 
they they had a field goal opportunity. It was just from too far out and um, just hit the, the upright. Just hit the upright, mate. Bounced yeah, the wrong way, so, didn't it? Eh? So, um, so I I, couldn't ask for a better finish to that game. And I, uh, I said to you at the time, it was as, I reckon that was as close as you could get without it going through. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was. Uh, yeah, it was it was it doinked off the inside of the post. You're spot on, mate. But, uh, what no I good. did, yeah, what I did notice in the game, Tom Brady just starting to he, he overthrew a couple of passes to probably ice the match uh, in their last last um, run right, forward. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he, I think, twice to the right hand side, long, and he just overthrew it. Um, you know, probably oh, by, that was deep, deep in the corner in the end zone when he overthrew yeah, both. Yeah, yeah, he overthrew both yeah. those. Yeah. So I just thought I was. Imish Gronk. Gronk's another foot taller than anyone else. Well, exactly right. So, but yeah, look, it was definitely wasn't a perfect display on from his on his behalf, but good enough to get him over the line. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they, they, you're right. They they created opportunities. Um, he overthrew a couple. It was a wet night. A couple went through the through the hands as well. So, um, yeah. conditions yeah. are the same for both teams. It was a, it was a really good, really exciting match to watch. He's starting to look about 34 years old, Brady is, which is not bad <laughs> considering he's 503 or something. Yeah. So. <laughs> he, he played his first game with Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, uh, yeah, that, he, he, I, don't think he, I don't think he looks his age, but you're right. He looks a bit older than he has. Um, and, but what a game. So the other notes you've got here, Chris, the Jets and the Giants win. Did you want to bring that up? Because it's the first time they've both won in forever in the same week. I did, mate. I did. So that is the first That is the first time that the Jets have won after being shut out the previous week in 21 years. <laughs> and and I, 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 I looked everywhere for the stat, but I think it's been a long time since the Jets and the Giants have won in the same weekend. Um, but the, uh, so the, the, the Giants, I think the Giants won over the Saints and... Um, the, the Saints, without Drew Brees, I think they're going to be a little bit up and down for a little while. But the Jets beat Tennessee. Tann- yep. Tannehill threw for nearly 300 yards. Um, he's, not um, doing, he's not doing Der- that every week. Derek, <laughs> Derek, Henry, Derek Henry rushed for 160-odd yards, I think. And they didn't, get, they didn't get the chocolates against the Jets. You could have got on Sportsbet last week and got, um, got $2 about the Jets to go 0-17 in the season. <laughs> so, Tennessee to get knocked off there wow and they, again they had a chance to, to win it and couldn't complete the drive so um, well done to both of those teams um, but how good were the Bills too uh, oh, I actually didn't uh, see any of this one Alan uh, so that is the second or third biggest shutout in the franchise's history uh, and I, I want to say 40 blocks but uh, and and I'll I'll leave that there. Um, but watch this space. <laughs> All right. So moving on, couple of the nags getting around. Shane, you tipped us into some absolute doozies oh, on the weekend. Well, yeah. And I hope my check is in the mail. <laughs> no, well, yeah. I did, no. I did like I did like the uh, the tip followed up by the abort wrong <laughs> race. <laughs> when you give numbers for a multi and then realise, oh, hang on, and then, but if you'd followed it, the first one got beat. But if you second one won, paid like how much did it pay? Eleven dollars or something? Yeah, so yeah. If Recover, recovered everything on that. He did recovered recovered everything on that. If you yeah. had a dip, but anyway, uh, look, 
might have seen the best horse in the world running on the weekend, and that was incentivized. We tipped it a couple of weeks ago, and um, it they we had the Turnbull on the weekend, and oh, it's just amazing, mate. It led the pace was keen. Um, they were three wide attacking it, and um, yeah, they just top of the straight. You thought, oh, they're going to run over the top of it here, and it kicked, and um, they just could not, could not get it, and it kicked again. And all of the, the swoopers had their chance and they just couldn't get near him. Um, it was just an amazing, amazing win. So, yeah, it was just uh, one of those wins you just look at and um, you go, wow, this is this is something really, really special. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, so Very Elegant was in that race and she had the run of the race and she could not get near them. So there might be something in this with her, but yeah, Incentivize was just... Yeah, unbelievable. So there were some other races. So the Bart Cummings, um, which is your, I guess, your automatic entry for the Melbourne Cup. So Grand Promenade won. So I think he's an Irish horse and he, he won well. So Charlie Rose ran second in that. She went very good. So I think she's looking for longer. So um, be interesting to see where they go to with that, where they try and have a crack at the Caulfield Cup or where they save her for the Melbourne Cup. But she ran home very nicely. She finished second. Um, yeah, so that was sort of the, I guess, the weekend's racing. So, warning. Yeah. Now, uh, next. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that right. was I genuinely didn't see it. Sorry. No, mate, he went. He ran like a busted. Um, yeah, he went, he went terrible. So he, he sat last and only got past two or three. So, Love yeah. That. Yeah, no, that's all right. That's all right, so tipping and not punting and not winning. Yeah, yeah, and I have not had a look at them for this weekend yet. So just uh, keep your powder dry, everyone. And yeah, we'll. Um, I think the Caulfield Cups in a fortnight. So we'll, we'll I'll have a look at that before. Yeah, next we'll, week. Have, we'll have our tips. We'll keep an eye on that one. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be all over that one. All right. So this week's bet of the week and. Uh, Hopefully you don't let us down this week, Shano. So, uh, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> so uh, my my bet this week in my leg is Iceland. Gary Rowan to kick three. Go- oh, hang on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably got as much chance of kicking three this week as the other one. I see you've re-signed him though. He's got another contract, which is good. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly right. So, speaking of signings at the Cats. Oh, I know. Big, big signing. Big signing. We didn't even cover this off because we we're too worried about bagging out trade week. That Eddie Betts has signed as a coach at Geelong. Eddie Betts? And uh, I was talking to someone just before and I said to her, Eddie Betts has signed at Geelong. And she goes, well, do you like that? And I said, well, I like Eddie Betts and I like Geelong. <laughs> so- <laughs> so- Fair enough. So yeah, I mean, um, I think he'd be great for um, oh, for any club, you know. I he's just an amazing person, you know, from what you see on TV, and I think uh, he would be a, a real a, an asset to any football program. And you know, I wish him all the best. Um, yeah, I hope they can go, you know, zip in eighteen next year or whatever it is. But uh, I wish him all the best in his role. But <laughs> I see that. Uh, I know you're interested in Tyson Stengel. 
who um you know Richmond Adelaide cousin yeah yeah that's right so um I think and he played at the Crows with Eddie and I think they lived together at, at that time so he's been playing in the Sandful and plays for the um for the Eagles and they actually won the premiership here on the weekend shout out to Danny Talbot so um yeah I I mean I, I guess it's great to see the Eagles win something this year um so uh and it was actually <laughs> Dan Menzel, Troy Menzel, and Tyson Stengel are their forward line. So you got three XAFL players in the in a SANFL grant um, forward line. So it wasn't surprising to see them um yeah, take oh, on okay. spoils. All right, let's let's move on. Let's get this better the week done. So my leg this week is Iceland to beat Armenia in the World Cup qualifiers, and you can get two dollars ten about that. And you're worried about me letting us down? <laughs> Come on, mate. That is, that is money for jam. That's, that's like the chest. <laughs> that's exactly right, Sano. Give it the old clap. That's it. The big Icelandic thunderclap. There we go. Get on board. $2.10. Don't, don't Google that, by the way. <laughs> Not on your work computer anyhow. Uh, <laughs> <no>. NSFW. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we talked about my tip earlier, and that is so a big game this weekend in the NFL. We've got the Chiefs and the Bills, and I'm going for an upset. So, as Chris rightly mentioned, the Bills went, um, they won 40 zip uh, last week, and I reckon right now they are in better form than the Chiefs. So, I'm going, I'm not going by a margin or anything like that, I'm just going the Bills to beat the Chiefs. And you can get $2.39. Straight up. $2.39. Boom, Boom shakalaka. I like it. Yeah, that's that is that's good. All right. What so, are you what are you gracing us with this week, Chris O? So uh coming coming off the uh the back of a uh, a win last week, so I'll take that. Uh I, I did I did have something else picked out. I'll uh, and I didn't realize the dates, so I'll 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 uh I'll roll that out next week. But <laughs> I've got uh, in the UEFA, um, the UEFA League uh, qualifiers, I've got Italy to win, but Spain to score a goal at $5.50. That's, that's, that's where the value is coming from this week. <laughs> you can't eat it. You can't Italy, eat value. <laughs> Italy, Italy are the favourites for the game. All I've chucked in there is that I think that Spain score a goal. Uh, fair enough. Don't mind it. So, All right, boys. Go. Well, I think that's going to do us this week. But uh, thanks for thanks for joining us for another week of uh, shit. So, <laughs> as usual, an absolute pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Can't wait. Can't wait for next week. Well, what's next, what's next week, mate? What do we got on? Oh, for another week of shit. Oh, more shit. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh, yeah. I thought you wanted to be getting like pumped because there was something coming up. So it's, it's Mick. It's Mick doing a show with two knob jockeys, <laughs> delivering crap. Uh, <laughs> Righto, fellas. Thanks for that. See you next week. Icelandic thunderclap. Don't Google it. <laughs> All right, we're done. See ya.